Welcome back to Fiat, the podcast for Catholic women. We are Renee and Maureen, and we want to give you reliable and honest information about how to be a modern Catholic woman in the world, but not of the world. We use personal experiences as well as church teachings to motivate you to always say yes to God. Welcome back, ladies. Woohoo, let's go. Another podcast. It's yes. happening. It's and- spooky season. Uh, spooky podcast. It's almost Halloween. No. It's, it's not a spooky podcast. Also, by the time people listen to this, <laughs> Halloween will be over. So that's kind of sad. And then it'll be Thanksgiving. It's holiday season. I love holiday season. It is less than two months until Christmas. Um, just want to put that out there. I'm so excited. Um, so yeah, the I'm one a little tired COVID today. I get to be home. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good start. You go. We you were go. Both just talking about completely different. Yeah. Things <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um. So I'm a little tired today, everybody. I literally just got home from work, and it was a long day. Very busy little little stressful mm. but um today we are doing episode two of our a dating mini series so last mm-hmm. week we just talked about um sort of like a general overview of dating from the catholic's perspective especially um intentional dating which doesn't necessarily have to be a catholic thing but it's often associated with catholic dating and um we think it's important for any any catholic relationship that you do practice intentional dating so um you want to go listen to that general overview now, go ahead and do that. And then you can come back for episode two, because today we are getting a little bit more specific and spicy. This is going to be a little bit, you know, personal. So if, if you're ready for it, then, then, you know, stick around. But um, Renee, would you like to tell our (laughs) listeners what we're talking about today? Bow, bow. Yes. So for spooky season edition, we have a spicy episode. I'm trying to use the word the words with s as much as possible because we're talking about not having sex (laughs) until you're married waiting until marriage the fun topic nobody likes to talk about because it's awkward but we're hitting it hard today to talk about why you should wait and these are not all religious reasons so if you're not catholic or religious that's totally fine because we have some scientific reasons why you should wait um which let's start with that actually so one of my favorite yeah one of my favorite reasons why I tell people that I think it's the why I think every woman should wait until marriage is because our bodies are not designed to bond with more than one person which is what you do when you have sex so there is a fun little hormone called oxytocin and it is the hormone that is released when a mom bonds to a new baby. So when a new mom gets, you know, has her little baby and they're cuddling, they both release oxytocin and they like bond, which is why a lot of hospitals really promote skin to skin, like when the baby's really young. That same hormone that is released when you bond to your baby is released after you have sex. Um, It's called the cuddle hormone. And it is why um, a lot of times when women have sex for the first time with someone and then the relationship goes south it's actually the reason why a lot of them feel they can't break up with the man it's been documented so many places though so there's literally a quote that i remember where a girl said i hate him but i want to stay with him and i don't know why it's because of oxytocin because you're tricking your body into thinking that you can bond to this person when in reality there's no commitment and i've also heard if you guys have ever watched it's like 
planned or something like that. It's like a movie about the horrors of birth control. And um, it's sex is supposed to be like, um, as like women were like designed to make it, it, it makes us believe that like this person wants to have a baby with us. Like they're committing to us. And when you do that with someone with no real commitment, it causes a lot of like, honestly, like chemical imbalance in your brain because you become confused about if you're supposed to bond or not. So that's a scientific, no, no religion at all there. Why you should wait for just like your own mental well-being, like bond to a person when you're supposed to bond to them, which is when you have like the sacramental commitment of marriage. Um, wow. So that's something that's like, I think really important for every woman to hear. So yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I've heard that before. And like, it's just like, practically speaking, like these are just like straight up like uh common sense reasons why um waiting until marriage works and a lot of people are like well you know like it, it doesn't make any difference or whatever but um you know it's like I love this person I want to be bonded to them and then you know like maybe when you first have sex you have no intention of ever breaking up with this person and so you think it's okay um so then there's always the question of like why marriage um which I'm going to get into later because I am I find this conversation very fascinating because honestly like I hadn't really thought of it before you know I was raised in a Catholic household you know it's like you don't have sex until marriage and you get married you know it's just like just things that you know are right and you don't question them so but then I like got to college and I took this class last year is about the virtues um like the four cardinal virtues and the three um theological virtues I'm obviously not going to get into all of that, but like one big question that we talked about was um, waiting until marriage and marriage in general. Um, and I don't want to get into it right now because I'm going to hopefully do it in the second part of the episode. But I just want to preface this, preface this by saying it is very interesting to be like, why do I have to get married or like, why can't I just have sex beforehand? And but something that goes off of what Renee was saying um is like uh there's also the part where if you bond to someone it makes it that much harder to bond to somebody else in the future. And so if you mm-hmm. do especially like if you have a relationship in high school like generally speaking high school relationships don't last. But high schoolers no matter how much you tell them that they they don't really like listen and they still go ahead and do it anyways. And I will say there are some that work out like I know people that were like high school sweethearts and have an amazing marriage and stuff. I'm not saying it can't work out, um, but if you decide to lose your virginity in high school, chances are, just statistically speaking, again, so no religion, you're not going to stay with that person. But if you have sex with somebody that you're not going to stay with for a long time, it gets increasingly harder to actually truly bond to somebody as like the more um, people you have sex with. So the more yeah. relationships you're in before you find the one, uh, it's harder to actually find the one. Because you're like losing a piece of you every single time you have sex and you're never going to get it back. And so there's just, there's less of you to connect with less of that person. And so it's just harder to make that connection. So I also just wanted to put that out there. It goes along with the oxytocin. Thing. Yeah. The, the thing with oxytocin too is like, it's not just when you have sex with someone, the more physical you get, the more like chemicals and hormones you're releasing. Um, which is why like in the beginning of a relationship when you're like 
oh my gosh, I love them. Like, I like them so much. Like that like crushy, like butterfly feeling, it's oxytocin. Like, <laughs> which is why when you build a relationship on those feelings, it doesn't work out. Because at, like you just end up using like the physical side of the relationship to get that dopamine rush. And that's just not sustainable. So um, that's why chastity is so important from like, just like a mental health view. Um, there's no reason to be so mentally attached to someone that like dating is not a commitment. There's no reason to think that it is um, like engagement and marriage is a commitment. So there's just like that difference just because you've dated someone for a year doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be with you forever. You have to be careful. Um, yeah, especially in high school. <laughs> yeah, um, in high school. <laughs> but yeah, but so I mean. Like, that's, like, the nitty-gritty of it. Um, I mean, there's, like, so many religious reasons, um, which is, like, one of the main ones is sex is for procreation. So if you're not trying to, if you're not open to life and you're just doing it for pleasure, that's a disordered view. Um, But, yeah, I mean, but we could go on and on about those, and we will, like, probably later. But just, like, okay, so if you're in a relationship in college, um, which... I mean, which most of us probably are in college, if you're listening, um, there's just like some practical tips to make this a reality because, you know, we can say wait all we want. But um, just in college, there's like a sense of that, like hookup culture. And um, I mean, like I've talked about this with people before is so much of college life happens in dorm rooms. Um, but that can get tricky when all of a sudden it's you and your partner alone in a dorm room and you're laying on the bed together. Like, that just doesn't set a great example for the rest of the relationship. And a lot of it just has to do with the way college is. Like, you basically live together um, throughout college. So it can be tricky sometimes to set those boundaries. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So just, like, just a tip that I have that I never listened to when I was in a relationship <laughs> and that I still think is a little extreme at times. But just if you can. And I'm not saying you have to all the time. But just try not to be in the dorm room alone um with your person because like it's just tricky like when you're in their like bedroom that can get kind of weird so just you know if their roommates there or like have like like host like group events like host like movie nights and things like that just to like force yourself to be aware and also something that i think is super super important for college couples is go off campus and go on dates like it's so easy to fall into the cycle of let's just get dinner at the Priz or let's just watch a movie in your room because you're tired. You're probably broke. Um, but DC is, especially if you're like, if you're living in DC, if you go to Catholic university, like there are so many free things to do and the Smithsonian's do not cost a dollar. So there's, there's no excuse. And I fell into this trap a lot cause I was doing sports and I'm just always one of those persons who's super busy. So like when I have a weekend off, I don't want to do anything. So it was hard for me to be like, yeah, we should probably go on a date. But like, if you guys can't go on dates, like that's not a good sign. Um, so yeah, that's my main tip is get off campus. If you need alone time, go do it off campus. There's no reason for you guys to be like, oh, I need alone time. You know, like just, and it can be easy, but no. Challenge yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I've never had the experience of being in a relationship, but I just want to say um, there was a couple rules that my mom gave me before I went to college. And she was obviously she's it wasn't like I'm going to kill you if you break them because she would never know. Um, but she was like, 
one of them was about like not spending too much money and um academics or something like that and then the other two were about boys because she knew that college is a time when people get together a lot um and that's good you want to form a lot of relationships in college and have good friends and maybe find the one um but her rules were no dating first semester because she said everybody is thrown together and they all get these like really feel good, happy feelings about everyone around them and they don't necessarily see them for who they are. And she was just trying to say, like, wait until you get to know these people a little more before you just um, or wait until everybody has settled out, figured out who they really are, because you know people change in co- when they go to college and then you can start dating them honestly didn't have a problem following that rule because um nobody was interested in me anyways um but (laughs) the other rule was never um be with a boy alone in his room and here's the thing in college your room is very small and you do basically everything there you can eat there you can uh study there and you sleep there but the sleeping there is the part that is a little tricky because if you're alone in a dorm room There's not very many places to sit unless you have like fully furnished dorm room. Typically, you have one chair and then one bed. And so either both of you are sitting on the bed or one of you is sitting on the bed and one of you is sitting on the chair. And we all know that it's not happening where one person sits on the bed and one person sits on the chair. So you're forced to be together in bed and you can't do what people who are couples normally do in bed. Um, So... It just is hard. Like Renee was saying, it just is really weird. And I would say couples need a lot of alone time, but that doesn't mean that you have to be in the dorm room, like Renee was saying. And you don't even have to go off campus. Like if you're in a place, um, if you're at a campus that doesn't have easy access to a city like Catholic University does, um, you can go like hang out in the library. Um, you can just like if it's nice out, you can just go sit on some of like the grassy lawn spaces and just like be together, the two of you, and not worry about anybody else, which I think is really important for any relationship. Um, like go study together, or if you're not studying, just go hang out and just sit on a bench somewhere and just enjoy each other's company. Like you don't you don't have to be in um your dorm room to be together there's usually lounge spaces if it's winter and you can't go outside um so yeah that's I honestly really agree with my mom on that point I think it's so dangerous for couples once they get alone in the dorm room because it's just so close like literally near to sex like you're both in bed the only thing Mm -hmm. that needs to happen is your clothes to come off so it's like it's just hard to keep those feelings down and it's not fair to yourself to like constantly be pushing your feelings down. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I have, I have a few things to add to what you're saying. So one of them is something that I heard really good, really, really well put on a Catholic late night podcast is so as a couple, you're not only supposed to be chased, but you're supposed to like, you know, keep your rep, like keep your reputation chased. So if people keep coming into the dorm room and you're both like laying on the bed, like what message does that give to your to your friends and things like that? It just looks bad. Like even if you aren't doing anything, let's just say you're watching the movie. It just doesn't look good. And like we've all fallen into the trap and like I don't really think it's necessarily the end of the world, you know, but just like you need to be clear, especially in college from the start of the relationship, what your boundaries are and just make practical boundaries. Like, just Mm -hmm. say, hey, we're not going to be on a bed together. 
That's not that difficult. And if you, the earlier you say it, the more likely you are to follow it. And yes. it needs to be a conversation you have that's practical. That's not just like, well, we both know we want to wait so we won't have sex. Like, okay, that's fine to say. And I'm sure you guys will keep to it, but you need to, it's not just not having sex. It's like being emotionally and physically chased and putting that, giving that like reputation to yourself and to others. Um, and also I think, so I do agree that it's important for couples to have alone time in the sense that you like need to get to know each other and everything. I'm also a huge, huge proponent of group dates and group hangouts. <laughs> like I can't say this enough because how your partner treats you around other people is such an obvious indicator of how they like perceive you. So if you're in a group setting with, I, I honestly encourage, I encourage women to go hang out with your, your person with his friends because how he treats you in front of them, because you can't see his family more than likely if you're in college you know, until you guys get really serious. So go hang out with his friends with him. I think this is so important because one, his friends are a huge indicator of how he perceives himself and who he thinks he is. Friends are one of the main friends and family, friends and how he treats his mom. Those are the two indicators of who he actually is. How he treats his mom is a big indicator of how he sees women, how he like what friends he has is a huge indicator of the culture he wants in his life. So like, go see them. Go see how he treats you. Because if he's constantly, like, mocking you in front of his friends or, like, doing things like that or, like, making fun of you or just, like, putting off a, like, a vibe of your relationship that isn't true, like, that's not healthy at all. And it's also, like, a easy way to see, like, his true feelings. Um, and my mom has always said this, too. Like, how men treat their the women in their lives, huge indicator. Huge, huge indicator. But so. Yeah. So I do think that if that's important and I also think that, but I, I, I'm going to stick to this. I think you guys need to get off campus. No, like, even if it's only like once a month, even if you live in like a weird rural town, like go do something weird together, like have a, like an, a memory. Um, being on campus can get really old, really quick. So I, I am going to stick to that. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm going to, I'm going to let Renee have that one because I've never been in a relationship. So like, I can't give the best advice. I will put it out there. Um, it's right about time for us to go to our commercial break now. Um, we'll be back in a minute and we'll probably get more into like the religious aspect in the second half of the podcast. So get ready for that. The Catholic U leadership team in the Office of Campus Activities has created a new series about applying leadership skills throughout college and life. Tune in to Leadership in 5 and learn about different leadership lessons from your peers. There's also Cups with Joe, an interview-style program hosted by Joseph Arby over everyone's favorite online platform, Zoom. You can listen to both of these exciting programs on our new Instagram, all one word, Catholic U Leadership. Alrighty, and we are back from our commercial break. So um, before we left, we were talking about uh, practical tips for staying chase um and i just i've been dying to talk about this so i am all ready to jump into like uh more religious aspects and um and then uh, later on i am definitely not leaving until i get to talk about um what's the point of even marriage but we're probably gonna do another episode um on marriage even though neither of us have been married so like uh who knows how that's gonna go but uh <laughs> Yeah, so I'm just going to like briefly do it and then uh, it'll be a foreshadowing of our future episodes. Um, so 
I just want to start off by saying I feel like a lot of Catholics have this uh, skewed idea of what sex is. And I think they think because you can't have sex until marriage, like there's something wrong about the way you're feeling when you're dating. And there's wrong of emotions that when you're with your person, as Renee likes to say, that, you know, like having sexual desire is wrong and that is the furthest thing from the truth okay if it was wrong like god wouldn't have put it in us you know it it makes sense for humans to have sex ever since the beginning of time before the fall um you know when adam and eve were perfect they would have had sex just like imagining a world without the fall because god told them to be fruitful and multiply i know that sounds a little like tmi but it's true um So basically, the best definition that I've ever heard is this. God is the ultimate creator, creator with a capital C. And so if there's any type of act um, where we are able to mimic God's creator-ness, then it's good. So when we like make a house, whenever, you know, Mm -hmm. we're building something, we're creating something, that's good. And same with sex, because... um, Obviously, I think everyone knows this. Oftentimes, sex results in a baby. And so the sexual act, it really is um, ordered towards having children. And so because it's a creationary act, I don't think that's a word, but because it produces another human being, um, it's the same thing that, that God did essentially at the beginning of time when he made humans. Um, And so it has to be good because of that quality. And so I think that's important to say in any conversation talking about sex. It's a good thing. And we shouldn't be ashamed of having sex or talking about it because it's it's good. So I don't know, Renee, you want to say anything on that? I mean, yeah, I think that um, Catholic culture has kind of like ruined this, you know, like the purity talks that they're called. Um, So sometimes Mm -hmm. it can be hard for people to talk about this in a way that one isn't cheesy and two isn't super demeaning to, um, I don't want to say just like demeaning to like marriage in general, I guess is the best way to say it. But um, yeah, like what I mean, you said it pretty well. I mean, sex isn't wrong. It's just you should do it with someone who's committed to you, um, which is only really when you're married to someone. Um, You can only be committed so much in a dating relationship. So, yeah, I think you said it pretty well. I also like whenever I feel like um, I don't know, I'm at like I went to um, a Catholic summer camp when I was in high school and somebody always brought up waiting until marriage at like the the theology of the body talks and stuff like that. And um, I remember. It was the summer before my first year of college. So it was like a year ago, a little bit more than a year ago. And the priest (laughs) did a horrible job of answering the question. I just want to say that right now. Hopefully he never finds this episode. I don't even think he'll remember. So not a big deal. Um, But I think he focused too much on the the procreation aspect. And I'm not going to say that's not important. That is so important. It is like we have to recognize that sex does lead to children. And so if you are not ready to have children, you shouldn't be having sex. 
But because of the oxytocin and things like that, everything that's um, chemical and physical about our bodies was also designed by God. Everything about us has been designed by him. Um, And so God also intended the sexual acts to bring humans together and bring them closer together. Because, you know, if people are going to be bringing up a child together, you want them to be bonded so closely, the most intimate relationship possible between humans. And so you want the sexual act to come out of love. Like, God wouldn't want us making babies like machines, okay? That's why, um, if any of you have read A Brave New World, I just finished that like a month ago. It was horrifying. Like, they, uh, in the book, it's a dystopian book, and people have sex for the purpose of, um, like, not falling in love. They encourage people to have sex with everybody so they never fall in love, so they never want to have children, just the two of them. Um, And that keeps everybody on, like, an equal playing field and stuff like that. It's all very terrifying. Um, Because a real family, uh, if you're going to have a mom and a dad who are raising a kid, they really need to be connected and in love. And so sex brings them together in preparation for bringing a child into the world. So. I also want to say that it's like if people focus too much on the like the procreation aspect, I think they're missing out on something um, that it is about love and you shouldn't be having it if you're not in love. Like, I'm just going to say that cold turkey, like there is a definite issue with the whole hookup culture when people just have like one night stands. Like it's not enough to not have had sex in two months to like go out and have sex with somebody you definitely need to have a foundational like real relationship before you just you know have sex especially because when you are having sex it's a complete and total gift of yourself it's true like that's the most intimate that you can be with somebody and they know everything about you now um not necessarily your deepest darkest secrets but it it brings you so close together physically and emotionally that it's just not the place for two strangers. Yeah. Yeah. The purpose of sex is not only it's unitive and procreative. So there's two like main pillars of what it's for. So yeah, I like that you mentioned that. Um, I think a lot of times like Catholics can get caught up on that. Like you said, it's like, well, like sex is just for having kids and like, yeah, obviously, but um, I mean, it's also like, like God did give it to couples to like help you grow closer together. It's not just like, like, yeah, exactly. Like there is a certain emotional aspect to it. That's super important that we shouldn't forget. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I really have left to say at this point is um, talking about marriage. Like I said, I was going to, um, I just want to say the reason that people get married, like, okay, you have to be in love. So yeah great. You're an engaged couple. You're in love. Um, you know that you're going to get married because you got engaged and you're ready to have kids and all that. Um, you're prepared to accept the unitive and procreative. You're ready to give a total gift of yourself because you never want to be with anybody else. And you're positive that you're getting married. It's like a month from your wedding day. You have everything. Why can't you have sex? Well, here's the thing. The reason that we have marriage as like a institution or whatever, I guess that's what it's called. Um, is because making a promise in private is not the same as making a promise and having it be documented, okay? And when you get married, obviously, there's still the chance that 
your husband, your wife is going to be unfaithful and um, the, the marriage may break up. Uh, there's still that chance. We have divorce. Not a great option, but it is a possibility. So you might say, like, well, what's the difference between being engaged and being married then? You can still, like, get out of a marriage. The difference is that when you um, get up in, your, in front of your friends and family, or even if, you know, you just go to city court and in front of a judge, there's still somebody there that's witnessing to your commitment. And subconsciously, it makes people more likely to um, actually stay true to that promise. So that's basically the fundamental, like, basic basic reason that it's good to wait because you're just less likely to get your heart broken like when you actually get married and everybody knows about it people are just it's not even something that they can control like I said it's your subconscious but people are just more likely to make it work and really really want to be together so yeah, anyone can say anything. Like sometimes guys and girls can be really good at, you know, saying the right things when they need to, but it's completely different when you're making a promise in front of God. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, I think that ra- about wraps it up. Uh, this was I really liked where this episode went on honestly. I really liked listening to everything you had to say Renee, so this is a very cool episode. Oh, thank you. Same to I you. Know. Like, you get to have all your advice. <laughs> we come from finally. very different, yeah. <laughs> we come from very different perspectives on this. So it's fun to, like, chat about it. I agree. Yeah. So that's the end of this episode. Um, We'll be back next week with another dating-themed episode. Um, yeah. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And if you want to get updated on when we post and things like that, we have an Instagram which I realized this week I've been saying wrong for a very long time. The Instagram handle is Fiat Podcast. Our email is podcastfiat at gmail.com. So you want to say Yeah, but honestly, I haven't corrected you because like you can find it if you type in podcast yeah. fiat. So <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. There's not that many like Instagram pages uh, called podcast fiat. So no. you'll find us. <laughs> <laughs> no biggie. Um so yeah, so we have an Instagram like if you want to stay up to date, like Go there. Renee does amazing stories. Um, very inspirational. You can go uh, watch that. And or if you have just any like comments, advice, um, suggestions for future episodes, we would love to hear from you. So yep, yeah. Alrighty. See you next week, ladies. Bye. Bye.